and welcome to the High Potion Tavern, a video game podcast where it is never closing time. Except it's been closed for a while and we're open again. It's been a while since we've last recorded. It's been three weeks, huh? Yeah, it's been, yeah, you know, we, we failed a little bit, but real life sometimes gets the better of you. Yeah, it's hard to fit everything in. And I know on my end, it is the summer season which means crops are in the ground and I'm busy with work. Oh, yeah. Work, too. And also, I was sick. So, you know, all sorts of fun stuff. Oh, my word. You're supposed to get that out of the way when it's wintertime. Sean, what are you doing getting sick? I, I don't know. I mean, you know. Allergies or something? Going, sometimes you just go into the office and you just get sick. And there you go. Oh, he had sanitizer. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, so I think for this episode, we're going to split it up into three quick separate segments. Uh, and I think we will start with basically what we've been playing. Uh, after that, we'll go into what our favorite gaming moments are. And then we'll finish up with E3 predictions and wants and basically all the fun Just stuff. Just talking that we about want. it because it's next weekend. Is it next weekend? Okay, we're getting there. <laughs> we are already so, in june we're rocking and rolling yeah so let's start yeah so what you've been playing sean uh lots of things josh lots and lots of things all right what's your uh, favorite thing right <laughs> right now i've been playing kingdom hearts birth by sleep um but since the last time we talked i finished horizon zero dawn and I retract any ill will I had towards that game. How'd you like prior. the story? Uh, I didn't really care for the story, but the gameplay was pretty awesome. Towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I even played the DLC and, you know, I, uh, I invested a good amount of time in it and I enjoyed my time with it. Storyline didn't really grab me. It was, but, you know, it wasn't bad. It was just, I don't really want to spoil it for anybody that cares, but... Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't as uh, gripping as God of War was to me in terms of storyline for a comparable PlayStation exclusive. I think that was a better, better storyline. And, and more linear in the sense that there wasn't a bunch of people to interact with with side quests, maybe. I know there was a lot of NPCs you could like go and just do tracking. Yeah, events. God of War had side quests, but I think Horizon was more traditional in how its side quest structure was, so mm-hmm. there were more NPCs and more things to do in terms of side content. Yeah, uh, God of War has like a quite a bit of side content, but definitely it's uh, I feel like they're, it's kind of more like The Witcher where it's like there's almost side stories rather than like just side fetch quests and stuff whereas horizon reminds me more of like an assassin's creed type yeah horizon felt very fetchy it was like oh this person's missing go track them with your little oh or when you know you just have to harvest herbs for like 10 minutes to like fill up your health pouch Mm -hmm. so that you can fight some machines but you know it was a good game i also ended up replay uh well i finished the breath of the wild master mode Oof. That was pretty fun. So, so both of those games, Horizon and Breath of the Wild, they, the discovery that you sometimes get forced upon, that gets forced upon you, leads to like the like the fetch quests in Horizon lead to more discovery. Like you may be wandering around and bam, and there's one of your mechanical dinosaurs attacking you. 
yeah, I felt like Breath of the Wild was a little bit more organic, though. Yeah. In that regard. But, um, yeah, no, I played the DLC in Breath of the Wild as well after beating it on hard mode. So, you know, I finally got a new Hylian shield and finished up. and A new Hylian shield? I thought there was only one. Oh, yeah, but mine broke, and I had to go through this long, arduous process to get another one but then i did and then i finished the game did you have did you have to start a new game to get a new hylian shield or no you can do this side quest where you can create a town so link like builds a town from scratch and then there's a guy that sells it to you for like three thousand rupees so what did you do with the first town did you burn it and then recreate it No, no, it was just a town that didn't exist. So he he had a hand in uh, in creating it. Oh, uh, interesting. So, okay. So it was a pretty cool side quest, and then I did the uh, the Champions Valid DLC, which is like extra story content after the end of the game, which kind of expands on the roles of the the champions from that game. Because there's you know a Zora champion, a Goron champion, you know, like all that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, all the reasons. And that was really fun. There was a lot of additional shrines that weren't in the base game. And I mean, I haven't done all the shrines in the base game anyway. But uh, the ones in the DLC seemed to be more challenging and involved. And they were definitely a lot of fun to do. And then, uh, you know, oh, and because I was playing on master mode, you have to refight some of the bosses you fight in the main game. But this t- uh, this time you're restricted to a certain amount of items so like uh you almost fight the bosses at, uh with the same equipment that the champions had when they died which is kind of a spoiler but not i mean not really i mean yeah. the game kind of basically tells you what happens it's but outside like, the main story it's dlc so yeah so anyway so you do all that stuff and then uh yeah there's a brand new boss at the end a brand new dungeon at the end of all of that and it was uh it was a lot of fun and uh, kind of unexpected, and definitely worth your time, worth the twenty dollar investment. Okay, so you you would definitely say that purchasing the game that sixty, and then the DLC on top of that, the twenty, is definitely worth it. Oh yeah, yeah, you'll get plenty of mileage out of that DLC. I felt like. Now, is there a season's pass? That, that's more. Expensive? Yeah, the season. The, no, the season pass is the twenty dollars. Okay. Gotcha. Because typically season passes are before they release the DLC. Mm-hmm. But once the DLC is already released, you just buy whatever you want. Okay. So, yeah. So, that's that. And then I've been playing Birth by Sleep, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. So, did you start playing Birth by Sleep again because I had told you I was going to try starting that game? Or were you already involved with it? Uh, no, I did it because you said you were going to, gotcha. and then uh, I I was meaning to, re- I've been meaning to replay it before Kingdom Hearts three anyway, and since E uh, three is next week, and I assume we're getting a release date, finally. <laughs> we can hope. We can hope. I felt like it was time to revisit that game. Yes. So. And that that is, and so that's one of the games that I am I picked up about a week ago is. The Birth by Sleep. I picked up one of the compilations. I really, I picked up both of them. It's what is it? Kingdom Hearts two point seven six five or something. And then... yeah, so there's uh there's two two collections. And you know, if we run a little long in this segment, that's fine because I feel like the other two segments are like whatever anyway for for our discussions for today. Because uh, honestly, when it comes to E three, uh, you know, it's next week. I feel like we'll have more to talk about 
after it actually happens Mm -hmm. rather than before it happens. Because at this point, the news has just been trickling in. It's been pretty. It's been a leaky pre E3 season, you know. Yeah, I feel like I already know like half the stuff that's going to (laughs) happen. But um, uh, where was I getting at? But so, but I but I started Kingdom Hearts oh, yeah, by yeah. sleep, and I started with because it's a game where you can play three different characters, right. the three storylines so, to choose from. So the PlayStation, so we're playing this through the PlayStation Four collections, yep. which are actually well, okay. So there are two collections. One of them is the one point five two point five remix. <laughs> Which inc- uh, the reason it's called that is because these were actually re- these remixes were released on the PlayStation Three originally as one point five and then two point five and one point five included the first Kingdom Hearts game, Chain of Memories, and a movie version of Three Fifty Eight Over Two Days, and then the two point five remix included Kingdom Hearts Two Final Mix, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep Final Mix, and Kingdom Hearts Recoded. <laughs> Yay, recorded uh, in, that a, was the DS in game. a movie form. Yeah, and that, that game is complete BS. I haven't even played. I, I, I never finished it. It was the one Kingdom Hearts game I didn't finish. And apparently, in terms of storyline, I just YouTubed what happens. And it's kind of irrelevant to the grand scheme of the the larger plot. Um, so yeah, so that collection is a very good entry point for anybody who hasn't played any of the games because kingdom it includes kingdom hearts birth by sleep kingdom hearts one and kingdom hearts two which are like i would say the critical games you should play before kingdom hearts three i mean you could probably skip some of the other ones but those are the three i would recommend playing yes and i'm excited filling in the gap for myself because back in the day i played kingdom hearts one and two but i didn't play really any of the other games other than right, Dream Drop and, Distance. So I want right, that Birth by and, Sleep uh, to be filled in. Right. And uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 relied on Kingdom Hearts 1 and Chain of Memories. So you might not have even understood what was happening in Kingdom Hearts 2 if you didn't play yeah. Chain of Some Memories. Some of it was a little because, confusing. Because what happens is uh, Chain of Memories actually introduces Organization 13. Mm-hmm. And then Kingdom Hearts 2 kind of follows through with it uh, further. And I feel like... Uh, this is where I'm getting into the 2.8 collection, which is the other collection that you picked up, which includes Dream Drop Distance, mm-hmm. uh, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, 0.2, A Fragmentary Passage, which is like the most ridiculous <laughs> that is, long name. I just, call a silly it title. Hearts, I just call it Kingdom Hearts 0.2. Uh, and then uh, the, what is it? Kingdom Hearts Kai or something like that. I, it's like a movie of a bunch of events that happened before any of the games. Oh. So it's like way in the past. And I, I haven't even watched it. Didn't even know it, that was it's there. Like, huh. It's very comp- convoluted and complicated. I don't really know what's happening in that. But uh, what I will say is in that 2.8 collection, the main reason to buy it is for the 0.2, a fragmentary passage. And that's not just a movie. That's actually a couple hours of playable content. And... I so this might segue into uh, into epic moments because uh, I I kind of want to talk about this little slice of uh, game that I played last year because 2.8 came out I think at the beginning of last year or the end of 2016 or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay, so it is, so it is a game. It's not just a movie. 
Like there's right. Okay. So so yeah. So there. So each of these collections, like the one point five and two point five, are obviously two collections on one disc, and then two point eight is like one collection. And each of these collections has like two games and then like a movie. Um, in the one point five and two point five collections, they uh, included the movie of three fifty eight and recoded instead of including the games just to have like cutscenes and stuff because the gameplay on those were like archaic DS games that you know they wouldn't translate very well to hey man who are you calling archaic now <laughs> you millennial so anyway <coughs> so the 2.8 collection is uh includes dream drop distance on the from the 3DS and uh you know the game doesn't really hold up very well if I'm being perfectly honest, the storyline is still good, but the, the game itself is, uh, it feels kind of old now and it's only like, I don't know, five years old, maybe. Huh. I like I like that game too. Cause that, that introduced the flow motion or something like that where you could zigzag. Yeah, around I the screen. Fe- maybe it, maybe it just played better on the 3ds because mm-hmm. on, on the, the PlayStation, I didn't really care for it, but the 0.2, uh, the birth by sleep 0.2 is definitely worth it and it's short it's only like three to four hours but i felt like it was worth the price of the disc to be perfectly honest the game is just yeah it's it's like uh it takes a graphical style of kingdom hearts 3 and applies it it's like almost like a tech demo for kingdom hearts 3 but it's not if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like it, it runs on the same engine so like uh but the the reason that i love the game is uh I, I couldn't call it my game of the year. Or any, like I couldn't call it anything in game of the year or anything like that because it's it's not a very long experience, but it's definitely an experience that if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, I think it's like one of the best payoffs that the series has. Ooh. Well, let me if 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 I may interject. Um, if we want to save this for the next segment, let me quickly finish up this one by just squeaking in the other game that I have been playing mostly on the weekends when I have some time is uh rocket league i ended up downloading it for the switch and i'm not a competitive gamer by any means but it looked like it had a casual mode that i could jump into and even though i'm terrible at the game i'm having fun with it and i've gotten to the point where i'm even kind of youtubing some of the strategy to it but it's basically a soccer game but you play as cars and you're bumping around You're, you're bumping around this giant soccer ball so that's yeah, I played it with you a little bit, but I haven't really played it unless I've been playing it with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, but oh, the one other game that uh, I'll throw in there is uh, Mario Tennis Aces has a demo this weekend, mm-hmm. which is an online uh, online demo. So you play with people and stuff, and uh, it's it's like it's only really live for this weekend because the game's coming out in the middle of the month. And uh, I've been play I played a lot of that this weekend. It was. Uh, it's pretty fun. That is so neat like, that they're having online functionality to a demo like that. That's really great. Yeah, so it's a very good uh, preview of the game, I feel like. So uh, I will definitely be buying that game. That is, uh, That might be a game I sink a lot of hours into. Awesome. Cool. Okay. <laughs> kind of like Mario Kart. Yep. Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll finish up this segment and we'll roll into the next one where we will talk about our favorite gaming moment or gaming moments. Let's go. Segment two, gaming moments. <laughs> Okie dokie, Sean. I think you were just bitten at, you were just 
biting at it. Yeah, you know, you're just yeah. itching to say something about that Kingdom Hearts game in the next in the last segment. So you go ahead yeah, and start. Yeah, I I feel like I need to talk about this because I have been holding this in for a long time. Oh jeez. Um, is, it, is this innuendo about... hour? Sean, yeah, is this, is this innuendo hour? Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just something I have to get off my chest. Oh, but um let's talk about why we're even doing this. Uh so I feel like uh this segment I came up with this idea for this because I was uh, talking on a game group on Facebook and uh, someone mentioned this and it got me thinking, huh, what are some of the unforgettable gaming moments that I have experienced? And very clearly there are too many to list. So, uh, you know, every once in a while, I feel like in these episodes, we should, uh, we should have a segment like this where we just kind of talk about a moment or a couple of moments from various games we've played in our lifetime. And, uh, you know, because there's always there's always like that one moment in a game where you're like, this game is one of the best games I've ever played in my entire life. Or it's life changing, really. <laughs> yeah, life affirming. Or, or you're just like, wow, that was incredible. And so one of these moments, I have to be kind of vague because uh, you're gonna play this game eventually. So, and I I think we'll go into detail on it when you actually do play it because. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, with Kingdom Hearts 3 right around the corner, I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about that game quite a bit. Because <laughs> there's a lot to talk about with that game for me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yes, 0.2 A Fragmentary Passage. The reason I was so adamant about this game is because uh, it's basically... You, you can't say that title three times fast, can you? Yeah, no, I just... Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's basically just a giant payoff to a loose end that was established in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. And uh, without, you know, without being more vague than that, it, it also just pays off uh, some moments in the grand scheme of the series in the four-hour time period that you spend with the game, on top of being uh, a very good demo for kingdom hearts 3 in the sense of graphics and gameplay and stuff like that Um, regardless of how good the payoff is did like your honest opinion did it feel like they were trying to plug a hole a a loose end that they created unpurposefully in the last game or that they had planned it all along that this four or five hour experience was going to exist to sum up birth by sleep uh i think it was something that seems like it could have been planned but i'm not entirely sure mm-hmm. i think it was planned because the way the uh i mean in 0.2 you play as uh aqua who is um who is i believe one of the best characters in the entire series but she's you, best bay she no she literally is best like girl the only character that might be better in the series is riku it, in my opinion because the arc that she goes through between Birth by Sleep and this game, you just like, what? yeah, I, I don't really, I can't really talk to all much the about Sora it, fans but, feel left out, Sean. But um, let's just say that Kingdom Hearts three will address uh, many characters from the entirety of the series up until this point. So that's that's where I'll leave it. And so. Uh, it's more than just Sora's story. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it seems 
that they're interlocking characters and it seems they come in threes and there's a history behind some that then lead into the next three with Sora included. Right. And they're, they're all connected by the light in your heart and the keyblades and blah, 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 heartless and other things. So, yes, though. And the way that the, uh, the game ends is, uh, is what makes the whole experience come together. I am very excited for Kingdom Hearts 3. And that's why I'm dabbling back into it. Oh, man. Yeah, and I feel like uh, in the same way that Dream Drop Distance was like the Chain of Memories to Kingdom Hearts 3, if that makes sense, because Chain of Memories yeah. was, you know, a prequel to Kingdom Hearts 2 in a way. It, like, bridged the gap between 1 and 2. Uh, Dream Drop Distance and 0.2 are like the bridge between uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. Dream Drop Distance's ending is pretty great, but uh, it, I mean, it's the one reason I feel like the game isn't a complete waste of time. So, But um, it all kind of really ties back into sleep, which is why I think it's important that you play it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to continuing with the story. I'm about three or four hours into it right now. It yeah, I think you're good. playing it. You're you're actually playing it differently from me because I'm playing. Uh, I'm actually playing all three characters at the same time. <laughs> wow! So you're just it, so you're playing it kind of like Dream Drop Distance, where you can go back and forth. Yeah, so I'm like about two hours into each character's storyline. So, gotcha. Okay, is that is that your uh, so the the game after birth by sleep that 0.2 is that the moment that's contained in there that's one of your biggest moments for gaming in 0.2 yes yep. yeah i would say uh but it pays off a lot of uh prior things that were set up in the previous games so ooh man okay. so i would uh i would say you know when you finish birth by sleep you probably have enough knowledge to just dive in yeah Gotcha. Okay. And, and for anyone out there that's new to the series or has only played a few of them, I think those collections are pretty worth your time. I ended up purchasing them a week or so ago just because they're uh, cheaper now. They're on sale at GameStop. I ended up getting them for $22 each. So I felt like it was time to go in and make the investment. Yeah. So uh, what would you say your gaming moment would be? The this is a tough question. I had to really ponder about it for a while. Uh, nothing really stuck out automatically in my mind where I said, "Okay, that's it." I had to think for quite a while. But I believe that the first boss that you encounter, the first colossi or colossus, I should say, in Shadow of the Colossus, was the moment where I said, "This is a game." that I will never look back on. I'm going to complete it all the way through. I sat down and finished it in a weekend. And it was very humbling once the game was done. But that first Colossus, the Colossus, I keep wanting to pronounce it as plural, the first Colossus you encounter is straight out of the boat from where you start the game. So you just ride your horse. I don't think that's much of a spoiler because the game's been out for a while, even though it was re-released. Uh, the game kind of holds your hand for that first Colossus as almost like a tutorial. But when you, you have to climb up a ledge to get to that beast, 
And once you reach the peak of what you're climbing up, the camera just pans over to this giant colossus that you only are the size of its foot, if that. And it's walking away from you and it's so foreboding and the music starts playing. It's real low and subtle. And all of a sudden it goes, uh, it's not split screen. It goes uh, when the screen when you have the black bars on the top and the bottom, I forget what it's called. Uh, but the screen lowers, it zooms in, it zooms out, and then the screen gets big again, and then it just leaves you to your devices, and the game says, here you go, have fun, you have to try to kill that thing. And I just thoroughly enjoyed that fight. You have to figure out how to actually kill it, how to scale it, what are your weapons, uh, and it leaves you with a sense of wonder once you kill it because of what happens to you after that. And it just makes you want to keep playing Gesundheit. So that, I think, I would say was my top gaming moment ever. That hasn't been topped yet. It was just a very nice, clean, subtle way to introduce you into what the game's premise is, which is just go out and kill these multiple colossi that are throughout the world. Oh, well, if we're going for our top gaming moment, I think my top gaming moment would be the moment in Ocarina of Time. When Ooh, what's that? You, you, when you're a child Link and you have beaten all of the dungeons and gotten all of the spiritual stones and then you go into the Temple of Time and there's the Master Sword and you pull out the Master Sword and all of a sudden, seven years have passed, you're an adult and you walk into Hyrule and it's just a barren wasteland. And that moment to me is I think the best moment in any game I've ever played because it basically changed the rules of of the world it had established. And, you know, just... That's just such a brilliant, brilliant idea. I don't know. I mean, like... Yeah, it's, it's such a contrast. Yeah. Yes. To what you're used to. You play through this game and you have certain set pieces you're used to, and then all of a sudden it's changed when you... When you the entire the world sword. has shifted, and then, you, you know, when you're playing through the remainder of Ocarina of Time as Adult Link, and you just go to all of these places you visited when you were, like, you know, uh, Young Link, you're just like, you are surprised at how much Ganon has overtaken each of these distinct areas, and, uh, you know, it's what was once like a... Uh, happy forest for example is full of like those Deku scrubs and like you go into like the forest temple and then there's like ghosts and skeletons and all sorts of like weird shit weird stuff happening so to me the master sword knockering of time that's a great moment and it's a Nintendo that game is a Nintendo select now on on uh, the 3DS you can pick it up for 20 bucks oh yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, if you didn't play it back in uh, 1998, you got, <laughs> got many different ways to play the game hey, now. Hey, I didn't play it back in 1998. <laughs> I, I, actually, that's as far as I got into the game. I started playing it like a year ago on the 3DS, and I kind of put it down. I should pick it back up at some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially... Uh, I don't know. I mean... Maybe I just think it's easy. I was going to say it's, it's definitely easier now, but uh, 
maybe it's just because I've beaten the game like 20 times. Yeah, and you're not, you know, a elementary school kid who's <laughs> starting to just play video games and you're kind of like, "Whoa, what's this?" Like it's one of the first it's like one of the first 3D 3D games, right? For on the N64. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, it was like the first big 3D adventure game yeah. on the N64. Like there was stuff like uh Super Mario 64 and stuff like that beforehand. So so, like, back in the day when we were kids playing it, if you're like, whoa, like, this isn't a 2D scroller. This is uh, in yeah, a whole when we were, open world. When we were, like, eight years old and Ocarina of Time came out, like, it blew our minds. It was just so, it was like a one-of-a-kind type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a great <laughs> game. I, I found it a little challenging to just jump back into, even though it, it's hd on the 3ds or it's, yeah it's for someone i guess for someone who's like uh who grew up playing it it's not an it's a pretty easy game to go back to but if you are like revisiting it kind of like uh a lot of people say the same thing about final fantasy 7 which was the other big game around that time mm-hmm. where if you try to revisit that game it, it just feels dated but uh the game is no less great no it's just you know yeah, it's just sometimes it's hard to go back to those older games in the 3D era. I feel like I feel like in the Super Nintendo and original Nintendo era, era those games are pretty timeless because of the sprite work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like uh, they're a little bit more easy to go back to. So as uh, as we finish up this segment here, do you, like are there are there any games in the past couple of years? That so that are obviously newer than the games that we've talked about that have a moment that still grips you that you can that you you can recall in your mind really quickly or is it more of these older games that you think about more as iconic gaming moments? Oh no no there are plenty of games in the in recent years that would that would reach this level as well but uh, mm-hmm. for example uh, well I'd hate to throw another Zelda game out there but Breath of the Wild. <laughs> has plenty of those moments hey that's fair enough uh, hey i mean even uh, a game like the witcher 3 would have moments like this but you know i'd have to think about it a little bit more i wasn't really prepared for more than a couple moments here Mm -hmm. but uh yeah no game uh the reason i wanted to kind of add this segment is because i feel like games always have these moments there's like maybe that one definitive moment in a game that makes you be like, wow, this game was completely amazing or worth my time. Mm-hmm. Worth my 60 bucks. I had to save playing bingo for three <laughs> months so that I could buy it. And, and the 40 to 50 hours I put into it. Yeah. Yeah. It was hours gotta, well worth spent. Got to justify it somehow, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Well, yeah, we'll I'm, sum uh, up this. Uh, I think we'll sum up this section, and we'll move into the last one where we talk about E3 predictions. Alrighty. Five segment three. We have arrived, Sean. Here we are, the final segment. So there's there's so much that we could jump into here. What are some of the like what what are a couple a couple just a few things between Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo that you really want to see mentioned at E3? All right, so E3 as we all know is like the Christmas for every video game nerd. It is like 
It is like the moment where you see all these games and trailers and you're like, all right, looks like I need $1,500 in the next year. (laughs) (laughs) Better start saving right now. (laughs) No, but seriously. So (laughs) I will take a couple of minutes and just talk about what I expect from each conference or each, uh, each company. So Microsoft, they sure as shit better have uh, something. <laughs> that's, why, that's why two cents on Microsoft. Because I have an Xbox One and uh, I haven't touched it. And it's collecting dust. Game. I haven't touched it for a video game for a while. It's just the glorified Blu-ray player at this point. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it, no. They're going to come just, up with another model. That's what they're going to do of their console. It's just hard. It's, it's just hard because uh, the PlayStation is just knocking it out of the park in terms of exclusives. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just end up buying all of my third-party games on the PlayStation as well because it's just hooked up. It's yeah. just convenient. Yeah, it, that I'm HDMI like, cable is going right into your 4K TV. Plus, uh, you know, you just play where your friends are. And uh, back in the Xbox 360 days, everybody was playing the Xbox 360. But uh, that console was great. And the Xbox One is not so great, in my opinion. Well, the, the console itself is fantastic. But you're saying just the library isn't there. Doesn't oh, yeah. No, the the, yeah, there's just there hasn't been any sort of exclusive. So anyway, so yeah. what I expect from the Microsoft conference is uh, they're either going to have some really good exclusives or good like uh third party exclusive partnerships if that makes sense okay um yeah so because they they need that because if they don't have anything they're just going to be left in the dust or they're just giving up on this console generation and looking ahead and uh looking into building their new console so they're just going to use the third parties that you know, have been keeping them afloat. Yeah, as their basis. they're a super successful company, but just on the gaming front, they have been pretty quiet in the past couple of years. Yeah, so you know, so that's my two cents on Microsoft. I don't really want to talk about them anymore because I'm not really <laughs> expecting much. If we're being okay, honest. Sony and Nintendo. <laughs> now, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Let's get into Sony and Nintendo. So for Sony, um, I've heard that their press conference is going to focus on four games. Uh, chief among them being, I believe, The Last of Us or something like that. Okay. And then so- some other stuff. Uh, I liked the first Last of Us, but in terms of Naughty Dog games, it's not my favorite. But, uh, you know, I'm down for a second one. I think it'll be, I mean, it'll definitely be something I'll definitely play. And when I say I didn't like like it, that doesn't mean I didn't like it. No, I liked the game quite a bit. It's just uh, a lot of people say it's one of the best games ever made. And I'm like, eh, it was, it was good. Yeah, like good but overrated, maybe. Yeah, no, it's definitely more so than Horizon. I feel like Horizon. I enjoyed my time with Horizon more than I did with The Last of Us, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. That's fair enough. So uh, I think it's being led by that, and then uh, some other games. I don't really remember off the top of my head, but uh, I'm sure Sony will deliver on the exclusive front. They've been delivering through this year on the exclusive front pretty well. What like, uh, what I could say about Sony, or really, let's say like Capcom, <coughs> I really want to hear Capcom give us more Monster Hunter news, and that's just because I'm super biased for as a Monster Hunter fan. 
Well, I think he'll get that with the uh, with the generations on the Switch and you know all that stuff. I'm sure they'll talk about it at mm-hmm. least a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. For, from like their side of holding up that series of games on the Nintendo consoles for sure. But I, I'm interested to see if we're gonna have another gorgeous looking game like uh, like World, or if they're just gonna keep making World a service and they're gonna keep adding new downloadable content for it. For, for like the PS4 and the Xbox. I'm curious. Right. Because the, the, so, the, the PC version is coming out in, in the fall. So I wonder what they're going to do with that. Right. So I feel like Sony will deliver some exclusives. But uh, the majority of games will come from the, the publisher press conferences. Like the Square I'm I'm very hyped for the Square Enix presentation. Ooh, are there is there specific games that you really want to hear them talk about? Well, they're definitely going to mention the Kingdom Hearts three release date. So very clearly, that's you know I'm super biased there. But uh, <laughs> Shadow of the Tomb Raider is also you know made by them, so I'm sure we'll get more information about that game. Maybe like a new trailer or something. And then, uh, you know, I'm kind of excited to hear more about that Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that is not as far along as we would hope it would have been. And yep. that, they may just be completely silent about that. I don't know. Yep. And then uh, Bethesda's another big publisher. They do like the, uh, you know, like the Elder Scrolls games and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. They released a trailer for Fallout. So I'm sure they'll have some some other cool things to show. Yeah, off. I saw that briefly on YouTube. What? So what is this Fallout 76? What does the 76 mean? Uh, it's got something to do with uh, like it, those games take place in like a nuclear wasteland, and I think there's uh, there's like a thing in Fallout lore with uh, Vault 76. I don't know. I've never really played the game, so I don't really know too okay. much about it. But uh, yeah, yeah more like huh. with Bethesda, I'm more into the uh, I like Dishonored quite a bit and stuff like that. And uh, the obviously Skyrim is, you know, Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's omnipresent. At this point. It's omnipresent yes. on every console. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like yeah. there's like th- there's a lot that we already know about for say some oh yeah yeah material. um the uh, the other thing about us the other couple of games that uh will be at sony's e3 are spider-man spider-man yep. will get probably quite a bit of uh, attention because it's an exclusive for the playstation which which is kind of what i was getting at with microsoft it's like how come sony can get a spider-man exclusive game like that's pretty crazy right like that's a licensed character why wouldn't that be on like both consoles but yeah that's a good point so, there must be uh, some interesting back alley transactions going on or something i'm not sure how all those business deals go down right and then the <laughs> other big game will be death stranding which uh which has been in development for a while death by the, yeah it's made by hideo kojima the guy who made the metal gear series okay i don't think i know anything about that yeah it's like uh it's like got a couple of like uh b-list actors for uh for motion capture and stuff like that and uh it looks like a horror game but there's not we don't really have a lot of information about it but i think it evolved from like a silent hill concept okay 
So uh, I, I'd be, I'm pretty excited for that game. I'm excited to hear more about that. So those are like the big exclusives Sony has in the, in the pipeline for the foreseeable future. Okay. And then uh, Nintendo, this is where uh, things get interesting. Yeah, I this think is... I'm the most excited for any Nintendo news, whatever it well, be. I feel like I feel like both of us are very biased in that regard. <laughs> you know, like, I love Sony and, like, all their exclusives and stuff, but uh, there's, they're not Smash Brothers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> yes, there's just so much hype around the Switch as a platform for some great games, and I, I we just now we just need to know more. So much has been leaked. Now I just want to know more about these great games coming to the Switch. Yeah, just uh, just recently I heard Fortnite was going to be on the Switch. Yeah, so I heard that. That would be a pretty big win for them because if they uh, keep it free, to, is... if they keep it free to play, then I am on board because I have not played a PUBG Fortnite style game yet, that Battle Royale style. And I would totally uh, do I it tried if it's it. free on the Switch. I tried it on my PlayStation, but I, I do think that if it was on the Switch, I might give it more of a shot because the portability just makes those games more appealing to me. Yeah. And I guess they came out with a PUBG version on your phone, like a mobile uh, yeah, series they, of it. They came, out, they, they came out with a Fortnite on your phone as well, which is supposed to be good. But uh, again, I feel like uh, a game like that, I would want a controller. So I think... Uh, I think the Switch is a very good platform to have that game on. And and so and both of those games are basically you're on an island with 100 people and it's just a battle to see who lasts to number 1, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a 100 v uh 1 v 100 death match basically. That's pretty sweet. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's got like cartoonish graphics and stuff. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, the but, Fortnite uh, does. I'd play it. Yeah, I mean, I've been more into like Overwatch, but uh, I don't. I think that might be too demanding for the Switch. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll see. That's it's it, the hardware. I'm surprised on what it's been doing so far. And then they had that whole thing a week or two ago where in Japan they were streaming uh, the seventh Resident Evil game on your on the Switches. Right. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, so some of the exclusives that Nintendo has rumored are pretty exciting like uh i've heard talks of the retro made star fox game which sounds pretty interesting it would be basically a uh almost like a racing game like a combat racing game but uh you know with star fox airships and stuff like that so that might be pretty cool okay yeah it's supposed to be kind of like a diddy kong style game where there's like a hub world yeah exactly yeah, yeah okay. I think I think that sounds really cool. And Retro Studios is uh, known for making the Metroid Prime series and uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns mm-hmm. and Tropical Freeze. So they they have a pretty established uh, set of you know quality Nintendo titles under their belt. So I I, I think it would be a a very exciting game because uh, that series has been kind of waning for years. I can agree. But speaking about Nintendo titles. I'm really excited and hoping that we're going to hear more than just a title screen for Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, I'm not sure how much they're going to go into Metroid Prime 4, just because um, I assume that the majority of their conference will be dominated by Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, because they are having they a, tournament. a tournament. Yeah, exactly. They have a tournament, and 
I'm pretty sure that the Pokemon game will be a pretty big feature of their conference as well. Pikachu and Eevee. Yeah, I mean, I I was excited until they announced the Pokemon Go catching mechanics, and I'm not really a fan of those. Let's but... go, Sean. Catch some Pikachu's but, uh, and Eevees. Who knows? Maybe I'll still play it. We'll see. I, I'm reserving judgment on that until till we know more. Yo, when we first saw that Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu trailer like a week ago about that new game. I was disappointed, but then when I rewatched it a couple times, I said, okay, you're not going to have random battles where you can grind for <coughs> experience points to level up, but it looked like there were shots in there of the battle system that still was similar to the Game Freak core games where you have four yeah, moves so it and looks, whatnot. It looks like the catching mechanics will be directly from Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. but the uh, the gameplay will be similar to a core Pokemon game. And we're still getting a core Pokemon RPG next year, so I'm not against them doing this this year. Just, you know, something cool to, to check out. And it's supposed to be a remake of uh, Pokemon Yellow. Yeah, so or a, re- a reimagining, people keep saying. Right, so <laughs> it'll be like a return to the Kanto region. So I might just do it just for that, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'd be up for that. I love the Kanto region and the original 150, 151. That'd be, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I'm, my only thing is I actually prefer the Johto region so, and their neighboring region. So it'd be kind of cool if they, uh, if they could include both both regions eventually mm-hmm. but i don't know if that's wishful thinking but hey you know if, if nintendo can do dlc i don't see why they couldn't release johto as dlc later yeah yeah I, they could definitely add a bunch more into that game just through the eShop, and that would be where the game would be appealing to me but you know i don't know that's wishful thinking so we'd see yeah okay but uh yeah, the other thing I want, I haven't heard like literal any talk about this, so I'm hoping it's still happening. But uh, Fire Emblem on the Switch, man, where is it? Yes. Like they said it was going to freaking come out this year at the beginning of last year, and they oh, haven't given they? a title. Yeah, they haven't given a title. They haven't shown any gameplay. They've shown nothing. And f- so to me, this goes one of two ways. They're either not releasing it this year, and they're not going to tell us anything, which I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo does that. They do stuff like that all the time. Yeah, out but, of sight, out of mind, just don't mention it. Right. But I also have a feeling that if it's not at E3, it's gonna hap- they're going to show something soon. Because Fire Emblem has become one of their biggest franchises kind of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Just because of the fact that, you know, they have Fire Emblem Heroes on your mobile phone. And that thing has got its own separate, like, community that is, uh, I mean, it's not, like, huge or anything. But, you know, there's enough people that play it that it's obviously profitable for them that they're keeping it up. It was that boom of Fire Emblem games, like, a year or two ago where they came out with, what, Echoes and and Conquest and Birthright. Yeah, yeah. basically... uh, the series was going to end uh, before Awakening was released. They they just were going to completely end oh, the series. It's a great game, too, for the but 3DS. The, but the sales of Awakening actually helped the series significantly. Um, and then Fire Emblem Fates came out afterwards and kind of, you know, 
kept those sales up. So now it's become one of their like most popular franchises. And that's why there were like five or six Fire Emblem characters in the last Smash Brothers. And people were like complaining about that. But, you know, to someone like me, it's freaking great because I love the series. Yes. I, so, I would love a top down grid based art, uh, a strategy game for the Switch, like like a core Fire Emblem game. I, I'm ready for it. Yeah, so I hope uh, I hope we hear something about it because uh, that's the one that's the one question mark from me. Mm-hmm. Everything else, it sounds like they they have a pretty solid lineup coming coming down the pipeline. But uh, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. We'll see. Oh, it's going to be an exciting second week of January of uh, June. I almost said January, jeez, of June. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, next weekend. So you know when we uh, revisit this. Yes, uh, we'll have plenty to say. We'll, we'll have plenty to say. We'll be a wealth of video game knowledge, but I'm sure we'll get one or two things wrong, so don't gripe. <laughs> so anyway, I guess we should wrap this up. Uh, wrap it up yeah. like a burrito. As per usual, this is episode five. We are now five episodes in. We're still kind of, you know, working out some kinks. We're, but, uh, we're, we're a young little fledgling, but we're getting there. We, we appreciate any listeners that are not me or josh (laughs) (laughs) yes we do greatly thank you for listening to us blabber on for almost an hour (laughs) and i know that we haven't uh checked our email right oh my word i haven't looked at it at all (laughs) but we do have an email high potion at yahoo.com yep and uh we have a facebook page all i have literally done has been post the anchor link on that facebook page wonderful (laughs) <laughs> we're rocking and rolling though little by little we're just we're just trying to get a good library of established of us talking for for a certain portion of episodes and then we'll and then we'll really our get goal going. i think will be to get this on itunes and like google play and stuff maybe by like episode 10 okay. i think that's okay. a good goal yeah i agree i i can i can uh i can attest to that yes sir so you know as for now you know, if you found us on Anchor, that's great. And if you need somewhere to listen to us, that would be on Anchor. For now. For now. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you for your time, guys. And thank you, Sean, for coming to the High Potion Tavern. Thank you, Josh. We will uh, we'll have some more potions in a couple weeks. Delectable. All right. Godspeed, y'all. Godspeed. Woo-hoo.